Welcome to the Musicians Injury Awareness Week with things musicians don't talk about. Chronic playing injuries are a part of our lives as musicians, either through our own experience or that of our friends and colleagues. Playing-related pain is even more common, with up to 90% of musicians reporting pain in relation to their instrument at some point in their lives. After asking openly on our Instagram whether someone would like to speak about their injury experience, the response was overwhelming. It became clear to us that this is an issue about which musicians feel misunderstood. We are determined to explore it further. Musicians Injury Awareness Week was created by us at Things Musicians Don't Talk About for the week of the 15th to the 21st of November in the hope that we can share the stories of musicians, teachers and physicians. Through podcasts, social media content and resources and live events in partnership with the UK Conservatoires, we are ensuring that anyone struggling with injury can have access to peer support and the correct medical advice. We urge you to take part in any way you can. Use the hashtag MIAW2021 and tag us at TMDTA Podcast if you want to share your own journey with an injury. It honestly means the world that you're here and you're listening, and we can't wait to share some inspirational stories with you. So my name is Peter Regan. A little little pause there for the double R. Um, I'm a pianist. I'm living in London. I'm 25. I say I recently graduated from from the Royal College of Music, but the truth is I've been graduated for a year now. (laughs) Um, What am I currently doing? Teaching a lot and I'm playing concerts here and there. Sometimes it's busy, sometimes it's quiet. This summer with two friends, Karina Blaskovich and Tara Viscardi, we set up a chamber music festival. So that's kind of what I'm doing with music at the moment and preparing for some competitions and, I don't know, just trying to enjoy it, I suppose. So the Chamber Music Festival is called Fulham Fest. So we did we did four concerts over two days and hopefully the next time we do like maybe six concerts. I don't know. We want to, I'm, ultimately, I want to make it like a five-day to a, a week-long thing, but bit by bit. My vision or my ideal was that we'd be able to do I don't know, roughly a week-long festival and we'd have obviously all your favourite music, everyone's favourite standard chamber music repertoire, but also new music, electronic music, you know, like music that's interesting to us that maybe doesn't necessarily fit under the classical music label, but is very good. You know, I feel like a lot of um, music institutions limit themselves by not presenting something just because it's not, you know, traditionally classical or strictly classical in the end did that happen i mean kind of yes and no so like we had some new music we had some electronic music too actually in fairness but i suppose I, we didn't take it as far as i would have liked this year just because you know it's hard to organize this type of thing and it's been an idea i've had for a really long time i kept on i kept on putting it off because it's like oh well it's it's not the right time it's not going to be perfect all these things blah 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 so we just plowed ahead and it's like, look, it's never going to be perfect. Like, it'll never be the right time. It'll, it's never going to work out the way it, it is in your brain. So just try it this year, see what happens. That's what we did. And hopefully next year we get closer to, you know, the fuller picture of that goal of including everything. It was actually just when lockdowns initially started when, you know, the pandemic came to Britain. So I was in the last year of college and I was really 
physically really, really busy, but also it was my own fault because I had made myself really, really, really busy. I was just trying to do everything. Like, I had this obsession sort of like, oh, you know, you need to be doing absolutely everything because when you're in college, like teachers and professors and if you have a communication seminar or all this type of thing, everyone says you need to be doing everything. You need to be playing as much as possible, meeting as many people as possible. You need to be making connections, getting out and playing, all this type of thing. And I was like, oh, I want to be a musician and I'm nervous and anxious about having a career. So I have to try and do everything. And it just ended up being way, way too much. And I was practicing morning, noon and night, trying to get everything learned. And I just remember one day in like some chamber music rehearsal thinking, hmm, my wrist feels a bit funny, feels a bit tired, doesn't feel great in there. It's like, okay, well, that's all right. I'll just finish this rehearsal. And I had a lesson later on. It's like, I'll get through the day, get through my lesson, and then I'll take a rest. And then, so I did the rehearsal and then I went to my lesson. I was like, hmm. Still not feeling great, but I'll just make it through this hour. So I did my lesson, went home, and was like, yeah, I'll just take a day off or something like that. And the next morning when I woke up, like, I had such awful pain in both of my wrists. And I knew straight away, it was like, oh, no. <laughs> this isn't just, like, this isn't just a little twinge. You've done something really bad here. And it, it turned out I'd, like, it seemed like I had pretty bad tendonitis in in. I thought the day before it was just one hand, but it ended up being both hands. When I was um, a child, I loved piano and I loved my piano teacher. And she was a great woman who gave me a great love of music. But like she wasn't really a, a pianist. She just played the church organ down the road. She was giving me pieces that were that required stretches too big for my hands. So I actually had a spell of like RSI and tendonitis when I was like 12. So I knew, I recognized it was like the same thing. And in some ways I was lucky that then like next week we were in lockdown because I wasn't able to play anyway. It took me about, what, three or four months to get over that spell of injury. Like I really wasn't able to play very much at all. and was quite sore for a long time. So once I felt I was ready to play again after this stretch of RSI or tendonitis, I was back into it straight away, hell for leather. Let's catch up on all the music I didn't learn. Let's catch up on everything that had to be put on the side while I was injured. After about two days of like some heavy practicing, something much more worrying than tendonitis happened. There were a couple of movements that seemed to trigger um, really coarse, very visible, noticeable spasms in my left thumb. I just, there were like thumb crossing movements and scales or loud chords. Anytime I played them, my thumb would just begin to freak out and move around in spasm a lot and, and try and close itself in, which was very worrying to me because I thought, oh my God, this is it. I've had the ultimate nightmare. I have dystonia in my thumb. <laughs> so yeah, this was much worse than what I initially thought about the, the tendonitis. Then I thought, okay, well, now it's time to go to a doctor. I went to a hand therapist. Um, the hand therapist initially was like, yeah, I'd like, I don't really know what's wrong because it doesn't really seem to be anything wrong with your hands and you're able to do all the tests fine and you're not in pain. Like, it, it wasn't painful. She said, yeah, like, I don't really know. Like, I can't tell you what this is. It's not very helpful, but okay. Well, I mean, in fairness, this wasn't like he, he wasn't trying to not help me, you know. Although he did make a little throwaway remark, which is funny. At one point, he's like, you know, I'm not really sure, but I could have like a little bit of dystonia. <laughs> and at the time as well, I said to him, like, why did you say that to me if you're not sure? 
<laughs> like that's my nightmare. He's like, oh well, no, it's probably not. Like I'm not sure. It's and then he's like, no, it's not Estonia. It's like, okay, well, please don't say that again if it's not. <laughs> yeah, and it just kind of went on for a while, and then I didn't know what to do. I went to another hand therapist, and she was like, yeah, well, you're not in pain, so it's not Estonia. I just and I just didn't know what to do about it for ages. I just had this weird thumb issue. My thumb just was moving around by itself, and it was really getting in the way of my playing. This is when COVID came in. This was the thank God for COVID for me. Obviously not thank God for COVID, but it it, it suited me in my life. So I, I went home. Everything was, there was nothing to practice for anyway. So I wasn't particularly worried about practicing. I was like, right, I'm going home. You have all this time off. Let's sort out your health. Like there's obviously something wrong here. It's like, forget the piano. Like th- this is not the most important thing right now. Let's just make sure your hand is able to work for your life. So when I was home, I was just... I don't know, doing lots of different Google research, which you should never do. And one thing that I thought was, well, maybe I've got like a trapped nerve or something, or maybe I've got like, I don't know, maybe I've I've a lot of compression in my back or something, and it's triggering some nerve that makes my thumb move. And at the time when I, I was finishing the master's then too, so I was doing a lot of sitting at the laptop, sitting all day to put together all the Zoom videos and online lecture recital materials. It just went on for hours. And I was having actually a little bit of back pain too from all the sitting. I can't say this is like the cause or I'm not a scientist or a medical person. I can't say for certain this is what caused it. But I just had this idea, you know what? It's probably not my hand. It's probably my back. Like I shouldn't be having this back pain at this age. It was all concentrated kind of my upper back and neck. And this is this is from all the sitting and sitting at the piano. And I thought, yeah, well, that's kind of where all those nerves and connections that go down into your hands are so it's like hmm, it might make sense that your thumb is moving because your upper back is so scrunched up so once I finished all the online mastery stuff it was like right let's forget piano let's you know stretch out your back a bit so I started doing yoga at home all those yoga with Adrienne YouTube videos and I definitely noticed on the days like when I did a long yoga session that I would have a lot fewer spasms then on the days when I didn't. So I was like, oh, I must be onto something here. It probably is my back. But the, the YouTube yoga wasn't really fully fixing my problem. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to keep on just going with that for now. It had been going on for so long that I wasn't in a, in a panic about it anymore. It wasn't a crisis. I had just kind of come to accept that this was something I was going to have to deal with for a while. So every day, like, I did a bit of looking around the internet to see what if I could figure out anything. But nothing was really coming to me until one day, um, someone popped up in my Instagram. This is where the these online social media surveillance algorithms are actually very helpful. Um, obviously, Instagram knew I was worried about my body and health and wellness and everything. And there was this guy who came up my Instagram. The account was called Guy Who Didn't Settle. And he's a mobility coach. And he is somebody who was like a really high-performing athlete for many years. But he suffered with chronic pain. And it was always like from just basically overwork in his athletic life. But it was it, for him, it was like, oh, it was never a problem that made him stop. You know, it's just like with musicians, like, oh, you have a little bit of a niggle here and there, but like you're grand, so you keep going. And this is what he did for years and years until he got to the point where his injuries were so bad that doctors were telling him, like, you're never going to play sport again. Like, you're going to need surgery. You can't fix this without surgery. And he was like, there must be another way. Like, how was I such a fit, healthy person? How have I just become, like, so severely disabled? Over, you know, like, it, how, how does this just happen? 
you know, I haven't, I haven't been doing anything wrong in my life with my body or so I was led to believe, you know? So he just, he just began his own kind of research journey on how the body works and why we feel pain and why people develop chronic injury. And his answer was basically like a lot of people develop chronic injuries because they don't move enough and they don't exercise their major joints and they don't exercise the full range of motion of their major joints regularly. And that's why people as they get older get joint problems. It's like people think they have a bad knee or whatever. And he's like, no, you don't have a bad knee. You just have never exercised the motion of your knee. And if you do it regularly, it will send your brain the message like, oh, I move my knee a lot. Therefore, it needs like blood and nutrition so that I can move well. Whereas if you're very sedentary and you never move your major joints, then your brain thinks, oh, I never moved that joint. So I don't need to supply it with as much nutrition and energy. And the joint kind of seizes up and becomes weaker and and we experience it as chronic pain or injury. His um, business is basically helping people with chronic injury. And like, there's, if you look at his Instagram, there's a lot of, you know, customer or customer, what a crass word. There's a lot of, I don't know, people he's worked with who have written about him publicly and said like, you know, I've been to doctors. They all said I would never be able to do this activity again or use this muscle in this way again. And with regular exercise with Mark, the guy, the guy who didn't settle, um, that's, you know, been shown to be totally untrue. And I, I can do what the doctors told me I couldn't basically so I thought right well I'll give him a go then I don't really know if he's going to fix my thumb but even if I do a mobility course won't it be a bit better than doing nothing so I did this course with him where he just coached me through different exercises for all the different major joints in my body so like I did exercises for my neck for my shoulders elbows wrists um upper back lower back hips knees ankles he just he had the exercise for everything and he's like all you have to do is you practice moving all these joint groups in their full range of motion every day and gradually over time you'll get better and he says just trust that it'll happen don't worry he said like maybe do like three one-hour sessions a week and every other day if you do like 15 minutes you'll be fine so I was like okay I'll do it and yeah basically it worked like it kind of got rid of my problem I wouldn't say I got rid of my problem because um you know it definitely comes back if I'm not on top of it but I know that if I'm having twitches or my hand feels bad it's usually because I just haven't exercised or I haven't slept or I haven't been eating right of the the course of the whole that whole summer of being like what the hell is wrong with my thumb just showed me how can you expect your body to work if you don't sleep you don't eat properly and you don't exercise and when I eat properly when I sleep and when I exercise I don't have problems with my body and it was just as simple as that it was like wow we all know this it's not news this is not rocket science when I was in college and I was so stressed about being a musician and you know, having concerts and having a career in inverted commas. I just wasn't taking care of that. And I was so, the stress of it as well also meant that I wasn't really sleeping, like, because I was so, like, anxious and nervous about college. And also the tube went by my bedroom window. So I just, like, I didn't sleep for a while. It was like, of course my body was was 
deciding that I had enough because I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't eating properly, and I just wasn't exercising. And I was sitting, sitting down all day in the one posture, accumulating all this tension in, in the same places. And it just, I don't know, it kind of exploded in this injury episode. I definitely put pressure on myself. I don't know why. I just thought it was important <laughs> to, you know, uh, and, but also like, it was confirmed by particular authority figures in the music institutions I attended. Not, not so much in college, actually. It probably came more from where I went to my undergrad. But yeah, like it, it was from myself, but also confirmed externally, I would say. We always want like a miracle cure or pill or some exciting trick or some cool, interesting news to hear. We want, we want to hear something cool about how to do things and how to do well but the truth is nothing works like just taking care of the simple stuff diet exercise and sleep take care of that and you'll be fine like there's no music if you have no body to play it with so take care of your body first and then you're prepared to play if you're all bunched up and in pain and injured you can't play and you're definitely not happy yeah I, I suppose I'd say, yeah, music is important. I love it. If you're someone coming to college and you love it, great. It should be important. You should love it. It's an enjoyable thing. It's an important part of your life. That's why you're, you're going to college. Be mindful to approach it in a way that it doesn't end up like consuming your life at the expense of your well-being. Play music because you enjoy it and play it to do your best. Um... But if you want to do your best, also know that you can only do your best if if you look after yourself. It was such a, a panic for me. I felt like, oh my God, my life in music is over and nobody knows what this is and nobody can help. And it just turned out not to be the case. <laughs>